Fathers Who Bother is made possible in part by the contributions of listeners like you. To support Fathers Who Bother, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash fathers who bother and become a monthly subscriber today. On the next episode of Fathers Who Bother, I speak with stage and screen legend Glenn Terman about being a baby, having babies, coping with the loss of his son, being a girl dad, and so much more. Check it out. Welcome to Fathers Who Bother, a podcast for men who are dad as we want to be. My next guest is a legend of stage and screen. You know him for unforgettable roles like Preach and Cooley High, Colonel Sant Taylor on Different World, Mayor Royce from The Wire, and countless others. More recently, you've seen him in Marlon Wayans' Sex Tuplets, Power, Fargo, and as Toledo in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. But today we are going to talk about his role as father. Please welcome Glenn Terman to the podcast. What's up, Ray? Grand Rising, how's it going? How you feeling today? I'm all right. Everything so far so good. Both feet on the floor. That's a good thing. It, indeed, indeed. So I was doing a little bit of um, background, and it, it seems like you were a young man when you first became a father. Yes, um, I was. Um, about, about 18. I said, what do you remember about when you first found out that you were going to be a dad? No shit. <laughs> can, I that on, can I say reaction. that? That's, yes, you can. And that's been the most consistent reaction to that question <laughs> since I've posed it. That's real. That's, that's real. That's usually how that works. Uh. <laughs> So do you remember the circumstances? She came to you and said, hey, like what was going on in 18-year-old? Was it 18-year-old Glenn's life? Well, you know, still in school, still in high school. Mm. So, you know, just trying to get through school. That's, that, was the, that was the major focus. Are we going to be able to graduate? Because mm. uh, I wanted to get that diploma. Worked hard. You're right, right. So your career hadn't yet kicked off, but I think um, it was, was it Glenn Jr.? Mm-hmm. Was what about, uh, hmm? What, what, yeah, I had Glenn Jr. Yeah. It was about a, it was about a toddler when you got your, this, what was it, the series that you, you um, I'm forgetting the name of the series you started working on. Uh, Peyton Place. Peyton Place, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So how, how was that balancing parenthood and working for you? Well, it was new because I uh, hadn't been working. So it was new to have steady paycheck coming in. <laughs> that, that was like happy days. You know, I hear again, you know, that was that was the whole plan is to get get something going. You know, you know, you wonder if you're going to be able to have a career and, and balance a family. That's always a strain and it's always a uh, uh, presents anxieties and everything because it's hard enough being single trying to, to make it in this business. But how do you make it as a, as a, a, a young great couple, you know, and be in a business that's so demanding and so uh, fickle? So that's a very difficult process that you find yourself weaving through, you know. And how much experience did you have with children in general? Did you have any younger siblings, cousins, any? No, no I, grew, I grew up an only child, a single, single uh, mother, as a parent as a single parent. Uh, my mother was, and it was just she and I growing up in a, 
in a uh, small village apartment in the West Village in the 50s and 60s, you know, before she passed. So she passed when I was 16 or 17. And uh, so I was on my own at that time mm. uh, as a, when I became a parent. Mm. And uh, so I was going to high school, working, you know, and uh, I had kept the apartment that I grew up in that my mother and I were in. I went to work right away and uh, kept that apartment. So I, my wife and I, would, would, we got married while a senior in school. Oh, wow. And, and would go from school to the uh, apartment and do homework and go back to school the next day, you know. So it was, that was a, the way we lived. How, how did you feel as, as a new dad? What was that like for you? Well, I, I, I adored my son, you know, it, it was great. I was very proud. I was a proud young. I look back at pictures, uh, little photographs uh, from those days, you know, in, a, in an album that I've got. Uh, and uh, every shot was of me with my, my, my son in my hands and my head up like this. You know, like the proud father, you know, dad, da, 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 you know that. <laughs> so it, it was funny how many pictures and photos of that. And I had to learn to smoke a pipe back in those days. So there I was, you know, with the pipe in the mouth, and, you know, just king of the world, you know. Oh, that's awesome. What do you remember about him as a kid? Like, what just, was his nuances? Just, 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 just great. Just. That's great. He's, uh, you know, he's an achiever, you know, an overachiever, kind of like his old man. And, um, did, uh, you know, very athletic, great, great athlete, but he was also very smart. He was much, much smarter than I was, you know, and uh, a student. He was a student. He liked school, liked books, liked reading, you know, none of that he got from me. You know, I, I hated school, except when I got to performing arts high school. I love that. Mm. But uh, up until then, I was not, and I, to this day, I'm not a, a, a book reader. You know, I'll read magazines, periodicals. Mm. But, uh, but so he was, he was quite a guy, you know, quite a guy. He was, he was my guy. Right. I, I'm offering my condolences. I understand you, you lost him in 1986. Um, mm -hmm. I had a few friends who have lost children this year, and I actually mm -hmm. spoke with Clark Peters as well. He, um, mm -hmm. on an earlier episode, he's talked about losing his young son to cancer. How mm -hmm. did your family go about healing um, from that loss? And what can you offer to others who are going through similar things? Hmm. Healing, <laughs> strange word. Don't know if it applies. Adjusting is more like it. Mm. You don't heal. Mm. You know, you make an adjustment for that space, for that hole in your heart. You make an adjustment for it, but that hole never heals. Mm. Uh, so don't anticipate that. Don't live for that moment, the moment where it's going to heal and you're going to be all right. That ain't happening. Mm. You know? What's happening is you've got a hole in your heart, someone that you'll miss the rest of your life. The pain will hit you at any given time. You don't know when it's gonna hit you. And it's, it's gonna be like it was the first 
damn day that it happened. You know, and sometimes it'll sit you down. Sometimes it won't let you get out of the bed. Sometimes it'll stop you in the track. And sometimes it'll flash right in front of you and just that. And sometimes it'll bring you so much joy just from the memory, mm. you know. And so you, you're not going to. So healing to me is not the right word. Okay. Uh, I've made adjustments to learn to live with it in my life, mm. you know. And uh, there you are. All right. So which of your children came next? You have Delena, Joy, Daryl, and Stephanie. Yeah, well, they were before. Oh, they were before? Uh, yeah, oh. Daryl and Stephanie were before. Delena came at my, in my old age when I thought I was done. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Daryl and Stephanie came before. Oh, okay. So mm -hmm. when did um, I thought I was saying, you know, I thought Daryl Jr. So um got you scratching your head, Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how, how you think I felt? I thought Glenn, <laughs> I thought Glenn Jr. was here first. So I didn't I didn't realize that. Um so when did Daryl who came first? Uh, chicken or the egg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my daughter is my oldest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's and, nice. Stephanie. Glenn Jr. Russell was yeah, and Russell was my youngest son. Okay, okay. And um, so tell me about them when they came along. Oh, you won't believe them. Nobody, you won't believe when they came along because nobody does. Nobody ever did believe when they. Came <laughs> <along>. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and, uh, but you know, we come from uh, a family where uh, we come from a, a, a people and a culture where there's not uncommon for babies to have babies, you know, and that's purely the case. I was a baby mm. having babies, you know. The, the important part is when did you decide, to, when, did, when did you become a father or a parent? Mm. Because you can become a father at any given time, so biologically, you know, from that point on, we've got uh, neighborhoods and communities full of young fathers or young cats who have fathered children, mm. you know, and they were just children themselves, you know, and I can understand that and relate that and know how that all happens. But that's not the important part. The important part is when do you become a parent? Mm. Because a parent and a father are two different things. A daddy and a father are two different things. When, when did the moment come for you when you felt like you had gone from being of a, a daddy to a father? When you realize, you know, uh, the importance of responsibility and it came with, with being there from the day one with my son, Russell. So from being there through the, from that time, from being there, being in the, in the room uh, uh, or next door when uh, birth was being given, you know, taking them to school, uh, preschool, uh, uh, working in the snow to try and make sure that uh, uh, the table had food on it, you know, uh, or that the lights weren't turned out, uh, going, you know, doing something you wouldn't do if it was just you that you had to take care of. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it wasn't just, you know, if I'm doing this, I'm getting this extra energy because I've got to take care of this little person right here. You know, uh, when I realized all of what, what went into that, 
that's when you stop and you sit down and you say, oh, oh wow. I better go check on this other responsibility that I haven't been around all these years. You know, that could be five years ago, 10 years ago, you know, whatever. But whenever you decide to look back into that misstep in your life, mm. you know, you go through that misstep and you see how can you do your best to, um, I guess for lack of a better word, correct it, you know, mm. or assist it. Mm. You see? Right. And uh, so that's what I did. I went back, you know, or don't even want to call it went back. I went forward. Mm. Your daughters um, talk to me about being a girl dad. <laughs> oh my God. Being a girl, a girl dad is the most difficult thing you ever want to see. It's the most rewarding, but it's the most painful and it's the most difficult because they're so smart. Mm. You know, they're just so smart and uh, got an answer for everything, you know. And uh, so if you want to get worn down and worn out, be a father of a girl, you know. <laughs> and uh, so uh, two girls, that they're completely different uh, in, in attitude and, and approach and the space that they occupy in my heart. Now, have either of them followed in your acting footsteps or are they doing other things? No, but my one daughter is a, is a producer. My youngest daughter is a producer and, uh, doing, very, and doing, doing very well. And, and my oldest daughter has her own business. Mm -hmm. uh, she uh, lives on the East Coast and she's the president of her own business. Okay. And what, mm -hmm. what do they think of dad's profession? Do they see legendary actor, director, writer, or is he, or he's just dad? <laughs> uh, and I don't know. You'd have to ask them. I don't know what they see. You know, I'm, uh, you know, they, no one became an actor, so I don't see that they're instilled in that. But uh, they, but they're both, they both have my drive to succeed, you know, mm -hmm. and both have become very successful. That's good. How would you describe your parenting style? Are you more the disciplinarian? You're more loose? I'm a, a combination of all that because, like I said, I came up with, with an, uh, a mother who was a single parent who was determined to have her son stay on the right foot, mm -hmm. you know, and achieve at a time when uh, in, in a community where a lot of wayward uh, action was was taking place, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, and already, you know, everybody was trying to get a juvenile delinquent card. All my buddies, you know, <laughs> back then they back then they had delinquent cards. If you got three, then you were going upstate, you know. No, you're talking so, about a literal card, seriously. Oh yeah, literally, literally. Being um, no, 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 no. They they had a JD card, a juvenile delinquent card back in my day wow and they would issue these cards you get three of these cards you're out of here so my mother was you know she was fighting that fighting that from happening to to her baby you know and so she 
you know, to, she she went the, the 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 summer that I was planning on getting my first card, she sent me to summer camp, screaming and kicking, you know. No, no, I ain't going. Are you going? No, I ain't going. You, you know, and she convinced me and got me on that bus up to Camp Menasink in New York, upstate New York. I'll never forget it. And it changed my life. It, 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 it changed my life. And uh, I, uh, I came back and said, well, I, I had a, you know, a great time. I, I want to go again next year. So she says, well, your, your grades will let me know if you go next year. And I started going to school. And and doing better, you know. What so happened? She, what happened? I, I, I graduated at the top of the class is what happened. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. What happened at the camp to inspire you so much? Uh, just a different, something different. Something that uh, uh, was probably uh, innate in me that uh, a love for this wide open spaces and a, a love for um, uh, the stars at night, you know, which you never see in the city, you know, a love for nature, you know, uh, a love for that freedom, mm. you know, mm. and it was where I was able to express myself. Uh, and uh, so since then, you know, we started a camp, my wife and I uh, started a camp for kids. Uh, after that, you know, here in, in, in LA, we got a small ranch and Promised Coretta Scott King after uh, the riots in uh, Rodney King and riots in '92 that that we would uh, do something to try to help kids get off the street during the summer, you know, and uh, give them a, a place to to breathe, you know, the place to take pause, uh, a place that they could uh, relax for a minute and not have to dodge bullets, you know, because I knew what that was like and. Uh, so uh, that's what we did. And uh, we've been doing that for, since 92, you know. That's more like communal parenting to a, to a degree. Yes, it is. You know, how yes, important is. is that to you? Excuse for, me? How important is that for you, for, for everyone to kind of take on a communal approach to, to parenting? Well, it, it, it was kind of the way I grew up. You know, my mother had sisters and uh, any one of them could was uh, raising me at any given time, you know, because uh, she had to work at various times or sometimes she had to work nights at the post office, you know. So it was either stay here or if she thought things were getting too, too uh, a little loose, you know, no, you go with your aunt over to her house, you stay there tonight. Oh, my, I go over, I'm all right here because I knew as soon as she, she closed that door, I was ducking out, boom, you know, and into the night. <laughs> but she knew, no, no, you're going to stay here. So I was raised by, by uh, her and her sisters and the, my uncles, you know, and cousins. And that was kind of a community kind of thing. And so the, the village is true about the village, you know. And uh, my wife and I, my wife has the same attitude, you know, and we pretty good partners that when it comes to that, you know, uh, um, taking, taking in young people and, and giving them an opportunity to, to share some of the fortunes that we have, you know. You mentioned earlier that um, one of your children came later in life. Um, around when was this and 
how prepared did you feel? Did you feel more or less prepared at that time? Uh, well, I, I wasn't struggling to, to put food on the table mm-hmm. at this time. You know, the food be there, but I had to work to keep that up, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and the, the, because the bills were more ex- more expensive now, you know? <laughs> everything is more expensive. So you got to go, you know, though the work, finding the work wasn't as difficult, you needed more of it. Mm. So that kept you away more, uh-huh. you know? So your time could be misconstrued as being uh, uh, unavailable, you know, when in reality, private schools cost, <laughs> you see. And uh, so you got the good life, kid, but somebody's got to pay for this shit, you know. And uh, so it's, you're, you're never able to strike a balance you know, in what you do, you know, so. That's a common thread I've had with a lot of the men mm-hmm. I've spoken to. It's, it's, you know, the the cur- the gift and the curse, you know. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. have success. You're sitting there like, how am I going to feed this kid? But mm-hmm. then you have the success. You're away, you're traveling. A lot mm-hmm. of men I've talked to are artists, musicians who toured over. Mm-hmm. So they're away mm-hmm. from is, but they have to explain. Listen, this is how Daddy pays the bills. Bills, yeah, yeah, and and, I, and you and you get no you get no credit for that. <laughs> you get you get no good. That doesn't count worth a damn. Right. But it's it's the it's it's the, the nature of things, you know. That's like there's a meme going around that said Daddy Daddy never buys me anything. So then they start putting bows on the light switch. Putting bows on the clothes. <laughs> it's like, I buy you a lot of things. Yeah, yeah right. That's 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 yeah, buy you. Yeah, that's that's what it is. That's what it is. You know, and uh, so it's you know it's it's always a double-edged sword, and you, you make mistakes as a young parent. You make mistakes as an old parent, but you make mistakes because you know you're a person. You know, mm-hmm. and people make mistakes all right parents don't make parents don't make mistakes fathers and mothers don't make mistakes but people make mistakes right and it just so happens that those parents those fathers and mothers are people right right um one of your Mm -hmm. more recent roles was as a father in sex tuplets is that Mm -hmm. something that you think about um, when you're choosing roles now at this point in your career, you know, playing a parent, is that something you, you look for or it, it, no? No, it's just, it's just the, the nature of where I am in my career and my age. You know, I'm everybody's, I'm old enough to play your dad now. So mm-hmm. I could, you know, you do a role or, or, or the Wayans, you know, brothers who I used to direct their show back in the day. Yeah. The but now I can, I can play their parents, you know. And so I'm at that age where I can play the the, the parent, you know, or the grandparent. Right. And uh, so there's a lot, because there's so many roles going around for uh, Blacks who are, you know, uh, doing their thing, getting married and raising families and so forth. 
that's a good thing because it makes work, it makes work for me. How do you feel about that that growing trend? I'm seeing a lot more films like that too, where you're seeing black families on screen. I think it's wonderful. It's wonderful. You got to remember, I come up in a time when there, that was not even considered uh, uh, a, a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, we never had parents and working parents and the father in the home and, you know, and all of that. Oh my God, no, black people don't, don't have that. When, re- when reality was that, yes, that was the predominant uh, uh, structure in the black family. But that was not the one that they wanted to highlight. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd rather the, the system rather would rather highlight the the, the the lazy father, the shiftless father, or the you know abandoned father. You know, the father who was always doing this and doing that. You know, brutalizing and I mean, all that. You know, without any no heart. You know, and uh, so uh, we were never complete human being, you're always one way, you know, or another. The the struggle was, uh, the revolution was about trying to get that same father who was, yeah, okay, maybe he was all these things, Mm. but he was dimensional. Yes. You know, okay, present me as, as, as the villain, but present me as a dimensional, a dimensional human being. You know, now one of your roles, you weren't a a, a father that I recall on a different world, mm-hmm. but it, it, but Colonel Taylor had yeah. a very he was no Colonel Taylor had two yeah he was a father he had two kids okay he had a daughter and a son. okay yeah who played his father the daughter and the son because I'm forgetting my uh, I can't remember the girl's name and and um oh oh. What is the kid's name? He's on. He's on Facebook. I've seen him on Facebook. <laughs> I'll look it up. Don't worry. Don't worry about stressing yourself out because I'm. I've, I done forgot. So I can't even. Yeah. I can't yeah, yeah. Do that for it. But what was that like playing a father on screen? Well, it's you know it's what I do. You know it's it's easy. You know I've been an actor for sixty years. I can play pretty much anything. <laughs> 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 I guess where I was going was a different world was so impactful to so many mm-hmm. viewers um, who saw you on that screen as a, as a, as an elder, you know, mm-hmm. and it's something we didn't have that much of back then. Um, did you mm-hmm. feel a certain pride or responsibility playing that role, knowing that so many young oh, people were watching the show? Yeah. Yeah. It was an absolutely great, great role. Colonel Taylor. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I got to give credit to Debbie Allen for shaping, helping to shape a lot of that uh, uh, posture mm. of that guy. Of course, he was. I took took him from my uncle Jim, who was a, a military man, who was a, who was a father figure in my life, okay. uh, and uh, so I took his his stature and his his approach. I used my my uncle's bearing as the basis for Colonel Taylor's bearing. So that's who you really are seeing. Uh, and uh, and I was glad to have the opportunity to, to pay him that homage. Was he was he able to see you in that role? Was he? Or, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. great. He, yeah. 
that he got to see you and say, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do you have anything coming up um, that you want to talk about? I know Ma Rainey's out now. Ma Rainey's out. Yeah. As of today. As of August today. Today. So everybody see Ma Rainey by August Wilson. It's uh, Denzel Washington is the producer of this wonderful, wonderful show. We've gotten rave reviews. Uh, it's Chadwick Boseman's last film that he worked on. He's, a, he's fantastic in this and uh, I miss him and uh, miss him de dearly. And uh, of course, the great Viola Davis. It's good to be back working with her again since I did the stint on her show, um, How to Get Away with Murder. And then a wonderful, wonderful cast, uh, also including uh, Coleman Domingo and Michael Potts. And uh, so, yeah, please see that. And uh, soon I'm off to do a show uh, called uh, Women of the Movement. Mm. Uh, and uh, I'll be doing that uh, soon. And uh, it's the Emmett Till story. Mm. So, yeah, and uh, whoa, yeah, what you said, yeah, yeah it's like, it's like, like that, man. It's like that. So are you you're playing a relative of Emmett? Till? Yes, yes. I'm playing um, Mose. Mose, right? Uh, he's the one who took Emmett down to to Mississippi to spend the summer with him. Mm. You know, and it all happened uh, from there. Oh wow! All right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, with, with, that's with Nisi uh, Nisi Nash. Uh, is, is, Oh, Stuff. love Nash. Yeah. Oh, she's the best. Oh yeah, now she played my daughter. I played. I was on her show. Uh, uh, what's the, the fingernail show? Uh, oh, Claus. Claus. Yes, that's right. right. That's right. Yes, Claus. Yes, yes, yes. You're so busy, man. I can't keep yeah. up with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this round is for me. I've done raised all the kids. I've done all the things with the grandkids. I put all the through school and so on and so forth and the college bills and all that. This is me, my wife and I say, hey, okay, we're gonna live our best life now, so. More than earned it, sir, you more than earned it. And yeah. I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today again. And, um, you know, we're gonna catch up again. I'm not, I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you okay, take bye. care, baby. Good all right. to see you. Same. Right, keep on doing your thing. Thank you, sir. All right. If you're enjoying Fathers Who Bother, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at Fathers Who Bother and Twitter at Fathers Who Be. Thanks. <laughs>